You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, voting accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Hello, hello, hello. Do you do? Yeah, I think. How's right. it going? Hello, everyone. Happy Saturday. Woo. I think it's been a pretty hectic week, but that's <laughs> how it is We're every just week. Getting started. getting started. We are know. in the trenches, guys. Fully in the trenches. Fully, fully, fully. DDoS attacks was <laughs> the least of Last our problems. Last week, <laughs> pretty hectic. It's been a crazy week, nonstop. Uh, organizing, making sure all they're coming together. And all that fun stuff. So here we are. Here we are. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, di- I'm distracted. Of course, you're always distracted. What is it about? What are you? Um. Looking at? All right. So <laughs> I don't know. He has a lot to say. Nobody this likes has to been hear healthy. the Monero drama, right? Or I, mean, I don't know. I feel like people do like hearing. Yeah, some people do. Like some it. people don't. You know, you don't mm. have to go into detail and talk about it for hours. But if you would like to vent a I little. I think it's more of a me problem. It is a I don't you want problem, to blame, maybe. you know, like I think it is it kind of a little bit. I don't know, though, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's I feel like we just get these weird moments where people just decide to like like lash out at us, right? And turn like and it just feels Well, no, I think that's in every space. Like some people don't realize how much work goes into it because yeah. we just kind of release content for free. So we do everything you don't for even free. Know... We like we like to help people like we just want to share all our information with everyone, but people kind of either like take advantage or complain the complaining gets to me because it's kind of like we do so much we give you so much and like the littlest things it's like they just blow it up and it's it's a little frustrating but it's only a a tiny amount of people working hard in different ways in monero you have a lot of people helping us out like you know i've always said they're they're god level right you know you know a hundred hours of our time is like 30, 30 seconds of theirs, right? Like yeah. We, we don't we don't deny that. But we, we serve our own little role here, helping get Monero. I mean, we're doing a kick-ass job of this, guys. Getting... I think so. I'm excited. So I'm excited. But what annoyed me is, so we, we wrote, Please, a, press, we wrote really. a press release. <laughs> it's like nothing special. You know, it was like I had like chat GPT help me with it and we quickly did it. And like, I don't think people realize how big, when we say we're busy, like... We don't have we don't have time to well because the thing is also we're, so pe- I posted, people so you're right, aware we're also balancing day job yeah that's, that's the balance and and family <laughs> and right? family life uh and we're doing this nonstop you know day night morning we're on the phone when we're driving into work we're talking to them. like it's it's not stuff but anyway I dropped the the press release into the um, Monero like chat for, uh, on Element so like there's one of them is called. It's called Monero Events, right? So you would think that would be a place where you'd go to when you're throwing a Monero event to maybe get the word out on the event, right? It's called Monero Events. It's the community forum for Monero Events. And so I posted the press release in there and somebody responded, you know, like uh, they needed it in a different format or whatever, just a PDF. And I was like, hey, we're super busy. And I, I was like, apologize. Like, I think I started off with like apology, read the thing like, 
yes, like basically, you know, apologies, we're just very busy. Here's the PDF. You could just, you know, copy the words off of it and then do what you need with it. Um, but yeah, we don't have that. I and mean, then like, then I got attacked. Oh, like, that's yeah. what happened yeah. this morning. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, uh, yeah. Offering's like, well, why? Well, like, you know, you came in here and you spam the room with like, like throwing a press release for an event for one of the biggest Monero events of the year in a room called Monero events is spamming. Really, dude. It's the point of the room. If you can't go in there when you're trying to build a community event for the community. Like, I, I don't get it. And I, I guess it's just his, I mean, I don't know. He's been on the show. I like the guy. It's just, it's just his thing. I guess I, I don't, I'm not under his job, but it's, it's just, it's just things like that. It's very, very, very it's frustrating. Very yeah. frustrating. Very frustrating. And then I'm but being criticized by him for not spending enough time in these forums. Well, this is exactly why I don't want to spend time in these forums. It just wasted my, uh, an hour of my morning. Uh, having an argument, which I don't even I don't even understand what his beef is, and then like the the issue is because I'm not spending enough time in the forum. You got a lot going on, my. I friend. wish I had the time. Like I don't know, we we got I mean, we got to pick and choose. You know, uh, there's a lot that gets done in those forums, but I don't think that's we we we're out doing other stuff, right? We're like we're fighting a different front. We're out with the people in Twitterland. We're out at the libertarian events we're kind of like you know a public facing portion of monero where we're trying to grow it beyond those that already know monero and so that's why we're not just hanging out in the monero chat room and we're you know we're running our how many telegram chats do we have i don't even want to like like it's, it's, it's yeah i don't know i got maxed out i, I, I barely respond to text messages from my family let alone have time to hang out in the you know do I go on Twitter and post stuff? Yes, because that's you know part of the business. We're trying to get the word out. So it's like he's basically just like spending too much time on on Twitter and not enough time in the Monero chats. Well, after the conference, I'm sure you will it, spend man. time I, in it. It's, it's just okay. things like that in these moments when we're as stressed as stress can be. Yeah. And then you just get these little like people just throw little jabs. It's, here like, it's like you're at the end of the marathon and some people are, you know, it's, some people are handing out water. Did you ever see that? That's how I found no. And Kramer accidentally hands out like hot coffee to oh the marathon. It's like that. It's like we're last leg of the mile and somebody hands out and like, oh, we're super thirsty. Instead of giving us giving us water, they give us hot coffee. <laughs> and we throw it in our face and we get burnt and we're super thirsty and we just got a mile left of the marathon. Come on, give us a break, right? Of course, a thousand percent. But I try to like just walk away from it because I'm like, you know what? These people just like to complain i yeah. mean you can't change people so this is what it is but then we get a lot of love and support oh my so god that, so yeah don't get yeah that's what that's why i hate because i don't, don't want to be uh negative considering all negative the, nelly over how here. amazing the event is coming along and then we're very excited just all the support we get along the way and yeah don't get me wrong i mean i i get i i take this stuff seriously because we're you know we're perfectionists about it we want to do a good job so we we get intense and then we end up getting intense also with people that are basically volunteering right like that are helping us i mean we're tipping them paying them but still like they're they're, they're putting so in work, way, yeah. way more work and passion we, yeah than i what. know and honestly and so but you know in, in moments we're busy I, I i i do think sometimes i come across like do you i have no idea considering the, yeah. the level of help that, but it's really just being caught in the we're just super excited we, we about greatly, this event. greatly appreciate all the uh help from everybody so, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you to everyone and, and those that are going to uh, help us at the conference itself. Again, if you're going to the conference and you want to help us out, 
uh, please email us and, you know, we'll reimburse you for your ticket if you bought it um, already for the help for the yes. weekend because the more the merrier. Yes. Please, um, anyone that's coming down and just wants to help us out, please reach out and we'll coordinate with you to see how you can help us out because there's you, a lot to do. Did you get Did you get that email I sent you? I don't know. You send me many emails. No, just, just now. I just oh, <laughs> yes, I got it here. But I wanted to go through the website. But I guess okay, want to talk I, about something I else. want you to put that up, too, because this, this is just kind of relates okay, to, to so the drama. Here we go. Share this drama. tab instead. So apparently, okay. apparently we missed this story. But somebody like a couple of weeks ago put up a CCS proposal looking to advertise Monero in Mexico City before Monerotopia. Oh, Okay. This person didn't reach out to us at all. And then they, they asked. I mean, they wanted a lot. They what? wanted like. Are you kidding me? What is this? They wanted to get flown in a trip to Mexico, almost eight Monero, hotel expenses, 10 Monero. We weren't even. Advertising and design printing, five Monero. I mean, we would do this probably with somebody who's already in Mexico City. And we were looking for somebody. We threw a whole event. Sunita went down there. We threw a meetup. And part of that meetup was to find somebody that would go out and put these posters up for us. Which should we have? Like, right? We met, we met, met a bunch a of locals. Yeah, They'll be coming to the event, but we never got to the point where they went, ran out and hung up posters. We're gonna pay them, whatever. But I this is interesting. I didn't see this. But this somebody like posted to do this to do we a CCS no proposal, and they wanted thirty-two minutes, which is a lot. Um, Who are you? <laughs> well, here's here's the kicker, though. Here's where you know it's. Shouldn't they be asking? <laughs> well, they should. But if you read the proposal. Uh, if you go to the full proposal, oh. somebody's like, "Why don't you ask them?" And they're basically like, uh, "Tuman doesn't like me, and that's why I didn't ask." Oh them. my god! <laughs> so like they're throwing us under the bus, and like even in their proposal, it's like, "Well, you know, it's this? not just not about Monero Topia. Like it's somebody who doesn't like us, but wants to. Like I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. That's there's hilarious. There's even... all takes all types, I guess." Oh my goodness. So like that was the thing they throwed at me in this room too. They're like, and, and you're you, like, what are you talking like, about? Did you know somebody put up a CCS proposal for Monerotopia, but it's because they didn't want to help you that they went came to us. But like what the heck? <laughs> and, like you like, should have known that. Well, like you and they're saying you should have known. Like I didn't know. I missed it. So you should have reached out to me, guys. It's like a like, two way street. Me. Like you if know you don't want to do We're the most public people out there. Like, so if you're in these chat forums and you're like, oh, you know. They should know about this. Well, why don't you just? Oh, tell I us? see here. If Mirajo wants Reach to support to me, welcome. But I'm not doing for them. <laughs> no, no, no. But go down. It gets worse. That's hilarious. Like, oh my god, I didn't but, read this. Yeah, wait, yeah. Apology. Wait, I was where? What read? I mean, I'm reading it. Well, I'm not signed in. Computer. Yeah, no, that's it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, if Venero wants to support me, I welcome it. But I'm not doing it for them too. And also, also doesn't, doesn't like me. So that's... I have nothing. What? Like, <laughs> like who are you? I have no at first. There's like a very small amount of people that I don't like in the Monero community because like I love the project so much that if I see that somebody is doing something for it, even if I don't like them, I like them, right? Because I want them to, I support them, right? Because they're helping the project. So the the people that I actually don't like in Monero, it's like zero. I yeah. mean, unless it's what's his name, freaking uh, the guy who attacked us last year. Eric Coney? Is it Eric Coney? Is that? Oh I mean, that's probably who it is because he wants to be flown in. But even him, I would still consider supporting you to go do this. <laughs> I would. I would. And even him, I like my hate. Like no hate. Hate. Hate's a strong yeah, word. But right. my dislike because of the attacks, I always qualify with. But he's 
you know, he works on Monero and he's done a lot. Although I, I don't know if he's done more harm than good the way he comes out, but I like he's tried, you know? Yeah. He's- I mean, he was a big part of the Havino project and now I guess he's not part of it. So obviously I was a big supporter of that project, still am, which they will be one of the, they'll be one of the talks. Woodser is yes. coming. That should be exciting. Uh, he's the one that's oh. running the show for Havino and they're making progress. They're going to be launching. So yeah, that, that's I my think that's rant. It. That's your but rant. I mean, uh, took, uh, feels so good. Does it feel and good? See, this is this is my format. My format isn't being on the chat forums. It's just not. That's not my my, my medium. Um, you're I good. I think you're good. <laughs> no, because this is this has to be said too. Like it takes a certain type of personality to sit in the in the chat form. It's tough. It's tough. But anyways, moving on from your rant, just a quick, you know plug here for the conference itself for those that are coming we're super 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 excited to be meeting all of you because it's going to be a lot of people i'm looking forward to meeting everyone i really am it's going to be so much fun um the the check-in starts at 3 p.m uh to 5 p.m is like the welcome party um you know we're just going to hang out there chill for a bit and then the conference itself uh is actually going to start at 5 p.m um and I don't know why this is four, but 5 p.m. And we're going to have a few talks and then the conference continues Saturday and Sunday. So looking forward to seeing you guys all there. If you can't uh, show up in person, we'll miss you. But you can also join us virtually. We have the virtual tickets um, right here. Sit here you can, you know, be present without actually being present. So check that out if you're interested. We've also uh, we, reopened the VIP. Yeah, tickets. which are they're already like selling out soon so okay. we're probably going to be closing it out like probably end of this one because i think yeah, we've also reached the max um so yeah get your vip tickets this. today um if you want to upgrade just email me because that's also an option if you have done that but yeah this is your last chance today and probably tomorrow i'll be closing it out because uh yeah we don't want it to be like an overwhelm of people in this place so get those today if you haven't and yeah, just check out all the speakers. We have a, a huge, Guys, awesome it's lineup. Jam packed. We have, you know, privacy projects. It's gonna be the, awesome. The workshop professors, please, you know, RSV for the advanced workshop if you haven't yet. Uh, email chill websites on uh, your emails on the website. And yeah, just go check it out. And I think that's really it. Once again, if anybody if wants, anybody to, wants to help, well, help us too. Please. Obviously. Uh, at the conference, right? Email us monerotopiaprotonmail.com. It will reimburse your ticket um, if you want to be a volunteer. But also, if you just want to help us in these final moments um, remotely, just spread the word. Spread the word. Get people. So we'll get more people to buy virtual conference tickets. All the content will eventually be released for free, right? We've always said that. Anything we do, we put all our content out there. That's what we're all about. It's about spreading the information. Um, but we're using this as a revenue stream for the conference. So if you're if you want to participate live, hear it live, participate in the QA live, we're gonna have it set up that way. So you can, you know, essentially jump on stage like you can do here, participate in the QA, uh, you participate in the, the chat room that day. For that, we're we're charging, you know, a hundred bucks, which I still think is good value. We did it last year and it worked out very well. We got a bunch of people, and you know, we get people beyond the typical uh, Monero community too, because the where we're pushing it, we have uh, the um, the crypto vigilante that helped us with it last year, and they're helping us again this year to get the word out. So it's cool. We bring in bring in new people to Monero that want to learn about it that weren't able to come down there. But yeah, uh, in keeping with our with our values here, obviously all the content eventually attend the virtual. Um, and with that, I think uh, that's really it. Just, that's really yeah. Go uh, go to monerotopia.com to get your ticket in person or the virtual. 
or uh, email us and to just say hello. If also no, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. I think I like we a bunch won't of respond. <laughs> We're not going to respond to you. And then we'll get criticized. I'm kidding. I'm Why kidding. aren't you responding? Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess let's move on. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Aloha, buddy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? What's going on, man? I'm great. Hey, uh, congratulations on all the haters and the coattail riders, man. (laughs) You made it. We made it. (laughs) Yes. Look at him, I guess. I see. I see. We have. He gets so hurt. (laughs) We have. We have Arctic waiting for us. So Arctic, uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get you up here at some point. Uh, We just have to. We have to run through the price report, a couple other things. But honored to have you. Awesome. Arctic is the man. Yes. 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 So yeah, man, so we're super, I, um, super excited okay. to uh, hang out with you. And, I know, excited to meet you. And, me too. Less than a week. Yeah, well, I well, think we, met we've him never... la- we met him at last Monerotopia. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. I don't know some of it. That's right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but right. we didn't really get to hang out much. Just yeah, for like I don't right. know, a few yeah. minutes here, a few minutes there. Yes, yeah. that's what I was saying. I did. You, you gave me some medical advice on my ankle. That was about did it. I? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was asking. It sounds kind of like me. We're talking unqualified medical advice. Something about voodoo flossing, probably. <laughs> buying stem cells on the black market yeah. oh yeah that's right oh you're in mexico like stem cells are pretty cheap um for like 2500 dollars, you can get injected in that ankle and within a few months it'll it'll be surprisingly better See, there you go <laughs> look at the, oh god have you ever done ideas. that I mean, oh yeah really yeah oh. i've i've actually had a few joints injected um like for example um i had my wrist kind of messed up when i started boxing a few years ago, um, but I didn't really do anything with it. Um, I also had kind of a knee problem, cartilage cartilage problem from a snowboarding accident years ago. So I did a little experiment where I injected my knee, but not my wrist. And within a few months, my knee was great, but my wrist was still kind of messed up for like, I gave it like 15 months. Um, and eventually I said, all right, let me go get some stem cells and see if that fixes it. And wouldn't you know, within two or three months, it was like good as new. Holy shit. Wow. I gotta go. I mean, and this is I wish I listened. I mean, if, it, if it's been a year, if, if it's been a year, oh, you still got, have. Uh... You got operated on, man. I had the whole operation. I was in crutches oh, for right. a month. But like I couldn't walk. I mean, I'm I'm back, but yeah, I guess I I also have a elbow issue, so maybe I will experiment. Oh my god! I really want to see. If this, <laughs> Doug is if this falling works. apart, guys. I mean, I think we both are. Right. I mean, it happens. We go hard. Yeah, I mean, I've even got MRI images on my knee that show that there was significant improvement. And it wasn't like a huge, like, it wasn't like a big ACL tear or anything like that. It was just a meniscus thing from, uh, really from years ago. Yeah, I mean, my ankle without, in the ankle joint, I had a piece of cartilage chipped off that was missing. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, man, take, take it away. We digress. Take it away. <laughs> take it away. Okay, so um, if you're on the spaces, I'd recommend that you tune into YouTube. Make sure you select the 1080p so that these charts will make some sense. Um, also I apologize for whatever reason, my microphone is having problems. I think I updated my system like a week ago and I never checked my mic. So a- anyways, I'm on my Bluetooth. If I sound a little bit tinny today, no, it's uh, not. so, okay, here's, here's Monero USD. Um, we've got our final boss line. It just, it's like, we thought he was dead and then he keeps like rising from the dead. I don't know. Uh, if we could just finish him, that would be nice. But, um, anyways, it seems like we're kind of just flirting our way down with this line here. Um, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that if you take this line, you can kind of, oops, that, not that line. You can kind of drag it up and you'll notice it's like somehow magically he's it's like, it's just sitting there like at a slight level higher. 
I'm not exactly sure how that works, but somehow I, I have a feeling like that kind of thing is sometimes on purpose, especially considering how many resistances all of the other coins or most of the other coins, or maybe I should just say Bitcoin and Ethereum um, have broken. Uh, but at any rate, I mean, it doesn't look bad, right? Things still look, you know, pretty okay-ish. Um, and in light of the rest of the market, I mean, this still should be fine. Um, we had the, the, the money run. I've been trying to figure out how to say that word cooler, like money, money, money run. We had the money run. Um, and that, I guess that kind of gave us a little bit of positive price pressure. But, um, you know, you'll notice like the day after things just tanked. So I do wonder if, um, like we had talked about how uh, it looks like Binance and Qcoin had these like huge divergences where they acquired a bunch of Monero. Um, I do wonder if uh, potentially they had done that in anticipation of the money run just to try and like make sure that they didn't look bad like they did last year. Um, and then maybe they sold some of that off uh, right the day after the, the run was over. But at any rate, like, I mean, what was that? It wasn't really, I guess, 8%. And I think the rest of the market also kind of dropped there as well. So um, really, I mean, everything looks fine with, with Monero USD price. I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, we've got uh, Z scores are still kind of positively trending here. So overall, that would kind of paint a picture of at least um, mildly positive action. Um, and, and again, I think I think it's possible we're still contending with the dark webs kind of being shut down and Tor being DDoS and a whole bunch of stuff like that. So there's probably this component of demand that's um, that's not really present that that was present for a long time. Uh, last night we just uh, we just ticked above twenty thousand transactions per day. We've kind of ever since the uh, the fork last year, the upgrade, we've kind of been hiding out just below 20K uh, on the transaction counts. So um, probably someone smarter, some dev guy out there could could explain, you know, exactly why that's taking so long. But maybe it has something to do with bots. Maybe it has something to do with uh, botnets and CPU mining or, or maybe that I'm totally out to lunch on that guess. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, um, we could also take a look at uh, Monero versus Bitcoin. And um, we also have positive Z scores on this guy as well. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that this chart is ready to really break out and go to the upside. Um, if we look, let's go to the longer time view for a quick second. Um, so if we kind of draw the, the lifetime uptrend here, you know, we had our triangle, we broke the triangle. We're kind of back down here at this uh, support level. Um, and like I said, as long as the markets in general continue to be positive, I, I kind of expect to have to play in this range for a while. That's just kind of the nature of the thing. So in, in some ways, because of that fundamental dynamic, uh, I'm not like I don't even care. <clears throat> I don't even care necessarily that um, we had this uh, this falling wedge and then we broke that. That it's it's kind of like that the technicals might not matter quite as much as the fundamentals when there's leverage and hype going into the rest of the crypto market, or at least Bitcoin and Ethereum is, is what it seems like for now. There's a few other coins here that are selectively kind of pumping here and there. Uh, but that does kind of tell you about this, the liquidity situation of the market in general. There's probably not that much liquidity to go around. They're focusing on Bitcoin. They're focusing on Ethereum. Uh, and we'll talk about ETH BTC. And, and I think it's important to cover that um, because there's dynamics happening in the crypto market I've been talking about for a while. Um, the evidence of them is continuing to show up. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. So anyways, we broke this uh, we, we broke this falling wedge with momentum and then kind of got stopped out and, and fell back down here into the wedge. Um, I really don't have any strong opinions on where this goes. This is probably something that could really just trend sideways, you know, maybe do this and maybe it doesn't really matter, kind of dip down, maybe bump up. Who knows, right? I'm trading the ratio right here. I, I wouldn't have any good advice for anyone doing that. Um, I would just say be wary. 
because it, it is possible there could be more downside, but that's not too much more downside. Like hypothetically, that could be um, 10%, or sorry, not 10%, uh, looks like from where we're at, almost 10%, right? Maybe maybe 8%, 9%. Um, so, you know, we'll just have to see, play that one by ear. Um, we can also look at XMR versus ETH. And we've kind of had this downward channel ever since um, we broke out of our our sort of bull market that happened against the rest of crypto. Uh, we were in this upwards channel that kind of rolled over and then we broke that down and it's like, all right, we're, we're going down from here. Um, kind of like the 0 05, uh, 00, oh no, sorry, just 0 0.05 level would be pretty good to, to think that we couldn't go any lower. Um, but there's no reason that, um, that things couldn't just turn around a little bit right here as well. Uh, again, uh, kind of same story when it's XMR versus ETH versus XMR versus BTC at this moment. I would like to try and say that there's some kind of divergence happening right there. But um, again, the fundamentals probably matter a little bit more than the technicals right here in terms of um, just how the markets are unfolding at the moment. Uh, because it's like XMR, this, this chart is basically XMR USD divided by uh, ETH USD. So if XMR USD is kind of like holding its own and it's flat and they're doing fractional reserve and they don't really want XMR to break out, um, but there's still demand, it's like, okay, it'll kind of like do this choppy thing and it'll, you know, maybe it won't be like going up crazy bullish like the rest of the market. But then with ETH or Bitcoin, they're just pushing leverage into it. The stock market's up. There's some free money flowing, et cetera. Right. And then XMR is not going to get that. Well, it's kind of like it kind of doesn't matter necessarily what the ratio is and what the technicals on the ratio say when those fundamentals are playing out. So um, anyways, uh, we're kind of in this downward channel still. This thing looks like it might want to break out. I, I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, my God, that's going to be, you know, an amazing uh, restart of the bull market. But, you know, I mean, you don't know, like we, we could easily make some kind of bounce to the upside. One thing that does happen is that um, you'll see suppression. You'll see like a test. And this happens with gold, too. This is a very common thing. In fact, I see so many similarities when I look at gold and I look at Monero. You see these breakouts and then the breakout fails and then uh, and then it kind of like chops sideways and then eventually it goes up some more. And then randomly it'll just bust out like way high. And uh, and then it'll, um, you know, they'll, they'll kind of cap it. It's like it's like there's there's real demand. So they have to let that express at some points, but they can kind of control when it when it does express um, one thing. One little fun thing I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to revisit our, our uh, predictions here. Not predictions, but, you know, I guess that's what they were. Yeah, predictions. Maybe our, our hopes and dreams. Um, so here's our hopes and dreams. I only had 200 as, our, as my hope and dream. Doug, you were up here at 240 or 239, technically. Yeah, um, exactly on track for that one. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to need. We're going to need quite the explosion of growth here this week, at least 30 percent, um, maybe okay. up to 50 percent. Okay. I don't know. I'm not giving up yet. Look at Balazs, right? He, he was a mil Bitcoin at a million in 90 days. Was he got like two days left? Or did, did we already? Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember that well, guy? if we could get him, we should do a CSS to get him to say Monero to a thousand. You know, it's much more realistic. Yeah. No, he's a yeah. Mm, it's a, suspicious. <laughs> okay so now you also i remember you said um that you wanted to, to take a look at the m2 sl so i prepared oops i prepared a few things all right so the m2 money supply this chart is kind of crowded because of all this extra stuff here which we'll take a look at in a minute um but this is the m2 money supply um currently at about 20.8 trillion dollars um this is a very long-term chart this is a monthly chart um actually let's let's start with the tweet okay so um nick Jerley. I don't know who he is. Blue check mark. I don't know if that's an eight dollar check mark or a sixty-three point seven thousand. No, that's not. That's not native blue check mark. That's a purchased blue check mark. But at any rate, um, 
So we're looking at the M2 money supply growth year over year. So this is a percentage, right? Um, so pretty much since like basically since the Great Depression, uh, we have had positive M2 growth year over year. So 2022, the year closing 2022 was like the first time we actually had negative growth um, where the M2 supply shrank. And it, it really wasn't that much. So let's take a look. Actually, let's go to the yearly chart here. Okay, so we're on the, the, the yearly. Okay, so in between these lines here, that's how much the M2 money supply went down, which was about 0.95%. Um, this is showing 2%. I, I don't know that maybe there's some slight difference in the way he does, you know, like his source or something. Could be that. Um, but at any rate, yeah, so we're saying, okay, could this be a sign of a big depression, a big market crash? I say, yeah, potentially. Um, but I also say the market can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. So if you're trying to short this market, because a lot of people out there on Twitter and, and different social media have been saying, look at all these bad signs. The market's going to crash like it's it's terrible. And then the market just keeps going up. So it's like if you've tried to short short that at any point here, um, you know, you're probably not doing so good hmm. unless you like were really good at like closing your shorts, you know, scalping those trades. Because there has been plenty of opportunity to do that, too. Like I've, some guys have talked a lot about shorting. Um, but they're also short-term traders, you know? So, like, if you shorted this market almost at any point, as long as you closed your trade when the crash has happened, you would, you would probably be a profit just from shorting. So, anyways, um, the thing is that uh, – let's go back to the monthly here. The thing is that – oh, actually, sorry. I take that back. Go back to the, to the yearly. Okay, so for right now, for the moment, the it's showing that we're down, like, 4%. But there's still, like – there's technically eight more months to go for the rest of the year. But really, as far as the um, – as far as this indicator or this chart is concerned, we don't have the data from April 1st yet. This is just data from March 1st that came out over the past week. So there's really like nine more months of data to be seen before we can say that this year is actually going to close, you know, down here at this minus 4%. Um, the M2 could start climbing up. Like even let's suppose in um, let's suppose there's some big market crash or like some threat of a crash happening in September, October. And then the Fed comes and intervenes and said, OK, we're just kidding. We'll, we'll print some M2 and save you guys. Uh, well, then we could see that come right back here to the zero point. And um, and that would really not be too historically out of trend. Uh, this little point down here is still a bit out of trend. Um, there is risk in this market. I do think the risk in the market is growing. I am seeing some little subtle signs um, playing out here, and we'll cover those in just a second. But anyways, the thing that I wanted to mention particularly is that we still have eight to nine months of the year left for this to maybe climb higher. Um, the Fed is saying they don't want to do that, but if push comes to shove and there's like systemic risk in the system, they'll save the system every time. So the other thing I wanted to show you guys on this is I wanted to pull up the M2 for other nations. And so right now we're still on the annual, we're still on the yearly. So you can see um, this is China in orange, Europe in blue, um, Japan is in yellow, uh, and we've got India and Russia in the kind of purple colors. So basically we've got China, India, Russia have all been increasing their M2 money supply for the past year. Whereas Japan and the Eurozone have kind of just flattened out. Like they were, they, they're slightly down for this year, but they were actually up for all of 2022. So um, the dollar is actually uniquely going down right here um, for this year, which is kind of an indication of the potential for the Dixie to start performing again. We'll talk about that in a second. If I'm getting too long, just let me know, guys. Um, I could rattle on all of this stuff. No, um, finish, finish your thoughts. Cool. So, um, okay. So, on the bottom here is the percent change from the previous month. So this is this chart is more akin to this chart right here where they're looking at it as a percentage. Um, so overall, you've got, again, China in red, um, Japan in yellow. Sorry, th these colors are actually slightly different. That's just me being 
schizophrenic or whatever. So China's in red. They're still going up. The U.S. is in white, still going down month over month. Um, and then Eurozone in blue and Japan in yellow. So overall, Eurozone and Japan are kind of flat, as we talked about for this year. They, they've been slightly down. Um, so anyways, that's what the M2 situation looks like. Um, we can go to the Fed's balance sheet. Uh, we saw another drop. So this is where we were last week, and this is where we were after this week. The Fed's balance sheet continues to drop. There's another little signal. Oops. Uh, there we go. Another little signal is the repurchase agreements. This thing has been um, – this is like a crash indicator to me, the, the risk of crash. So we saw it spike up here in, um, in 2008. It spiked up, uh, spiked up again in 2020. And the thing is it spikes up and it stays high. This happened again with the near-miss banking crisis, whatever, SVB, Silicon Valley, and um, Signature, and all the others, whatever. It spiked up for just a brief moment, and this is basically banks taking kind of emergency loans from the Federal Reserve. Um, and so I saw that spike up. I said, okay, that, that could be bad. I'm going to keep an eye on that. I didn't want to really throw that at you guys just yet. It came back down. <clears throat> this would be a, a counterpoint against um, systemic risk because, uh, because that came back down. I'm also looking at the... Uh, single family home prices uh, for the U.S. And in January, it usually ticks up. But April, like every single April, it almost always ticks up significantly. Like this sawtooth, this is April 1st. Now, we don't have the data from April 1st, but um, this right here, I expect this to sawtooth back up. If it doesn't, that's a pretty negative sign. That's that's really um, that would be a bad sign. So I kind of look at all these things. They're like very long term data. You only get them once a month or sometimes once a quarter. Um, so these are the kind of things I'm looking at to try and determine, hey, when could the top of this market be? Um, let's take a quick look at Dixie here. Uh, this thing is definitely looking like it wants to stop and reverse at some point. We've got like this is very clear divergence, um, positive divergence. It, it also in some ways um, could just be regarded as um, volatility dropping off. So, um, I mean, hypothetically, I, I would like to call this divergence because um, – you know, basically there was lower lows being made, even as higher lows were being made on the Z-score, while lower lows were being made for the price. It's kind of stopped and reversed here. Uh, sorry, not stopped and reversed, but it kind of seems like it stopped, like the support is happening. Um, Dixie has been kind of wild sometimes lately. Like it looks like it'll do something, then it does the opposite. Like right here, it's, we looked and said, hey, this might come up. And then it just for no reason, like there was a, a shooting star wick. And then when that happened, we said, all right, we're going to keep going down. Um, I still kind of like expect to make some kind of wick down, you know, at some point. And actually, if we get a capitulation wick right there, that'll be a really good sign that it's time for the Dixie to start performing, which will also be simultaneously a good sign that we really need to think about um, getting out of the market. So um, I do feel like that time is approaching. It's getting closer. I have been also trying to entertain the potential that the markets could continue positive for longer than I thought. Um, but we're also looking at things like um, the reverse repos which are now in an uptrend, like they're very clearly in an uptrend. So, um, you know, we, we thought, hey, maybe this thing could keep going down. It, uh, it sort of formed this little bottoming pattern right here, and then it decided to start going up. So at this point, um, you know, I mean, we still want to see, watch this confirm, but if we kind of do something like that, there is a good chance this thing will start going up. That doesn't mean that, that stocks and, and crypto will start crashing immediately. Um, we saw with the bear market that this thing was going up while stocks and crypto are going up. So there could be like a delayed reaction there. Um, so just know that uh, just know that the signs are like starting to get a little bit unclear. Um, OK, so last thing I want to cover here is Bitcoin and Ethereum. So the thing with Bitcoin and Ethereum is that I think it makes more sense or not more sense, but it makes a lot of sense now to look at them together. Um, so I put them together. I put their market caps on the same chart. 
Um, right now, uh, basically, we're still kind of in this channel, this upper channel. This should be a, a very familiar chart for everyone. Let's go to the daily first, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, so you got your bear market trend line. You've got some of these like uh, important areas of horizontal significance, right? That's the summer. That's the 2021 summer. So we're kind of just playing in that range. Um, at this point, I don't think that we should really ever expect this line to get beaten. Uh, maybe we come up here, we do some of that, but this thing is just grinding higher slowly. If it if if price does spike up above that, be very suspicious, especially if all of our other indicators are starting to say like that, you know, that the end of this run could be near. So that would actually be that would be perfect. Like that would be maximum opportunity to get some crazy spike above uh, above this uh, resistance, along with um, all of our stuff like the Dixie and um, oh, where were we? All of these different indicators that we we're looking at, like the M2 is still going down. Maybe the balance sheet continues to go down. Um, maybe single family homes isn't looking so good, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, with Dixie um, over here where Dixie is like making a clear rebound. Um, that's where we kind of start looking at this and, and saying, OK, like this is a perfect um, confluence of a whole bunch of different things. Um, that's a hypothetical. Just keep in mind that's that's totally hypothetical. So um, let's go to uh, Bitcoin versus Ethereum specifically. Now, here's the reason why I think this is important for us to keep in mind. The market dynamics are changing. And I know I've been saying this for a long time. Um, you know, ETH is going to flip Bitcoin or gain parity with Bitcoin next bull market. Okay, whatever. The important thing here is that a massive stake unlock has been happening for the past two weeks now. And that was supposed to be the thing from all the maximalists that, you know, finally crashes Ethereum right, right here. That's when the stake unlock happens. And they're like, oh, it's going to crash Ethereum and it's over. You know, it's a shit coin and it's going down and, and Bitcoin will save us all and keep track of your car keys and make you coffee in the morning and, and everything else, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, I just can't help myself. Sorry. Anyways. So, um, but that's not what happened. We saw this thing just take off to the upside. Maybe that was market maker support. Um, there's kind of like this thing going on right here. We could also look at Z scores. Um, Z scores are also trending positively. So um, to me, like there's still stake unlocks to happen over the next two weeks. Um, Bitcoin is currently facing the United States government selling off, um, a significant portion of what they have. Um, so remember, they had the Silk Road coins. They had the Bitfinex hat coins. I think overall that was supposed to be 220,000 BTC. They sold 50,000 in March. Um, and then it was, I think, just three or four days ago that coins were moving again um, from like Silk Road wallets and or Bitfinex hacker wallets. So, yes, ETH has the stake unlocked, but Bitcoin has the United States government selling against it as well. So, um, it looks to me like ETH is surviving this massive stake unlock, which had the maximum potential to sell off a billion dollars of ETH, but was probably, I read kind of a long article about it and I, I didn't really like only half understand it, you know, like I couldn't really verify the technicals, but he seemed pretty smart, you know, so I said, all right, I'll just, I'll, I'll just trust this guy. It seems like he put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> so, um, it seems to me that, um, that ETH is surviving this event and that like, if they do now that they are surviving this event, um, that's that bodes very well for them, right? Like if they can survive this selling pressure and it's inherently selling pressure, because if you've had your stake locked for like two years, some people have to sell. Um, like one of my friends told me one time, he says, listen, not everybody has to buy, but everybody will have to sell at some point. Right. So, so, so the thing is that these people with their stake unlocked, some of them are going to need to sell. Life gets in the way things happen. Um, so to me, it just seems that Ethereum is now establishing itself. Proof of stake is viable, even if it's like, I don't know, people can argue about if it's centralized and terrible or not. That's fine. We can argue that. Um, but it's, it is surviving and they are still getting OFAC transactions. I think they're up to like, they were at like 90% censorship and now it's only like 60% censorship. 
Um, I mean, that's not good, but you can still get an OFAC censored transaction on Ethereum faster than you can get a Bitcoin transaction. Um, there's this kind of like broadening structure right here. So it, th this, is, this chart is not out of the woods yet. Like ETH could still hypothetically break down from here, but at least it's not looking so potentially catastrophic like it was down here. It, it has a chance, right? It could maybe come up here and then just kind of do that. Um, I'm not saying that's exactly what it will do, but I am just saying that guys know that Ethereum is now a legit solid player in this market. Two weeks from now, after the stake unlocks are finished, if it's continuing this uptrend, this overall sort of macro uptrend against Bitcoin, I mean, Ethereum is looking at gaining market cap parity, and it's got a lot of tokens built on top of it. It's got stable coins and shit coins, and they've got all this market cap. And yeah, a lot of that's fake, but you know, some of that really should be included and integrated into ETH's market cap or considered as part of that. Um, so by the time that Ethereum is close to gaining parity with Bitcoin, it really will have already flipped. And I, I don't think that's going to necessarily happen this summer or even this year. But I think the next bull market, um, especially if all this stuff with the SEC gets resolved and, you know, they're kind of like attacking shit coins and they're, they're trying to like say everything is a security. And really, this is attack against all of crypto. And I know maximalists don't like to hear that. But the simple fact is a government strong enough to destroy the shit coins you hate will eventually be turned against Bitcoin or your own coin. <clears throat> so it's kind of like I kind of compare it to the tornado cash. It's like Monero is better for privacy. But listen, we should fight the tornado cash battle we should we should establish a wide moat far away from us we should fight them over there because that way we can establish our own legitimacy as beyond question and so if bitcoin really is that superior and it's really gonna like destroy shit coins then it can do it with market dynamics and outcompete them it doesn't need a strong arm government to do it on its behalf because that strong arm government will be used against you later so um, just know that eth is is like already kind of gaining a certain kind of mental parity with bitcoin and you need to keep watching it you need to really start integrating it into your analysis um so that's my rant on ETH. sorry for spending so long on it today but, wow uh, super eth bullish no i know i know we've been saying it for a long time right we we having that kind of narrative yeah and i i tend to i tend to agree i mean uh for all for all the reasons you're saying uh so so how do you i mean do you allocate a portion of your of your crypto to eth i play a lot on eth i've got erc 20s um here and there uh, I'm not going to lie, Link looks like something that um, is kind of integrated in a big way. Yes, I know it's centralized. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Lord, forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned. Um, so I have some Link. Uh, probably just hang on to that long term. Um, I might buy some Ethereum at some point. I've been holding some BTC as well just because the dominance chart looks so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's smart. Like, it's smart to probably hold ETH and Bitcoin as kind of like your dominance play, if you will. So here's the dominance chart for Bitcoin. Minera, um, Minera I, only over here, despite despite <laughs> despite all these uh, all the logic. Um, you're a better man than me. Yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, even this, like, I, I agree with you, right? So, like, if we'll see how things shake out with the SEC, and like, people shouldn't people in crypto shouldn't be rooting like see Maxi the demise of Ethereum, the state attacks you see. But at the same time, that is reality, right? It has this attack surface, and I think it's that's a lot of the arguments that that are made as to why. Monero ha has has such great value, right? Is because it it has a less attack surface these other cryptos, and I've, including Ethereum and Bitcoin. You know, yeah, for sure. Even labeling it as a security. I mean, I think Ethereum uh, Monero checks those boxes better than anybody else in, in my mind. The the non you know the Howey test. I think Monero really you know there's there's really no way to label Monero as a security. I could see the arguments being made for Ethereum. And then obviously, you know, Bitcoin uh, and Monero similarly. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that just 
it's just another attack surface, right? Uh, yeah. State come in and, and attack it through regulation, whatever. Monero, I, uh, Bitcoin's attack surfaces is a traceable ledger. So I don't know. I, I see. I see the those as weaknesses. I see those as weaknesses. Not that I'm not that I'm rooting for the state to take advantage of those weaknesses, but just being realistic. And I do agree with you, though. Uh, it's probably it makes more sense to fight the fight those fights on those fronts so the fight stays further away from from Monero but ultimately at the end of the day the fight has to be that we have something that the state right yeah exactly one thing that that um is maybe a little bit disconcerting is that even though Monero falls well outside of any arguments the SEC could make against it as being a security um they've got all the um uh, what do they call them the I don't know just the money laundering arguments right where the states like their their attack vector is going to be like a whole different vector if they're going to try and attack monero and it does sound like they're trying like the eurozone is trying to prevent exchanges from holding any coins that are privacy enhancing anonymity enhancing Mm -hmm. so we kind of have our own separate battle there as well and who knows maybe this sec attack is kind of a distraction against the privacy attack maybe that's what they really want to do is is hit the privacy coins by privacy coins i mean monero (laughs) good points man good points uh, epic price report, as always. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, well, guys, we'll, uh, we'll see you in Mexico City. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll see you very, very soon. Very excited. Let me know if there's anything. I'm bringing a projector with me. Um, it's not very high resolution, but I'm going to bring it. And if there's anything else you guys need from me, um, you know, just let me know. Printing up materials, etc. Okay. Yeah, you don't oh, have to you. trouble yourself with bringing yeah. a projector. I mean, don't don't inconvenience because what we're, we we ordered. No tr- I'm driving, so it's no trouble. The equipment. All right. Yeah. You want to throw, throw, you throw it in there? I don't know. I you thinking. want to pick up some other stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just hit me up. Just send me a list on Telegram, and I'll let you know what I can do. What time do you? What time? What day do you? Um, I was actually planning on. I was gonna leave like maybe this weekend, but I don't know. I just decided to leave on Thursday. So what do you timing mean? didn't work out. Oh. Okay. But I'll be there Thursday night. Okay. Sweet. Okay. I get sweet. what you're saying. Okay. Oh, nice. All right. Cool. Yeah, that's when we arrive. Yeah, Actually, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll reach out to you. We have somebody. We have a few people the, that the, are going to be out there. Beforehand. The liquor situation is what we're trying to figure out. So basically, for the oh. VIPs, we want an area where VIPs actually make their own drinks with their tumbler swag. Um, so we're trying to trying to figure that out. Maybe we'll see how that help acquire the materials. Hundred percent. That would be that would be a, it. Would be my pleasure to help with that with that awesome. aspect of it. I'll bring my sunglasses from the last time as well. <laughs> I don't. Well, be careful. Sneak into, the, <laughs> sneak into the VIP with my old sunglasses. Oh my god, so that's right. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, buddy. All righty. All right. So we'll talk okay. to you offline. Thank you so much. Cheers. Talk to Thank you. you. See you Bye. soon. Oakley Doakley. Let's move on to the devs. And now for the Monero development segment. Hello, Hi. hello. Hey, How's good. it going? It's going pretty well. How y'all doing? Good, 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 good. good. Uh, we we know Nim is patiently waiting. Thank you for patiently waiting. Um, I think we just have dev section, and then we'll we'll do oh. we'll have special guests on after that. Yep. Okay, that's the plan. And then we have Arctic Mine as well, so we'll get yep. them up here. as we'll well. get them on. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Well, this is going to be a really short dev section today. Probably one of the shortest. Is it, um, I was scrolling through Twitter. I saw that the Trust Wallet had like a major exploit and it isn't directly Monero related because Trust Wallet was is a Binance wallet. I just want to do a quick overview of like the dangers of like using a bad wallet and how important, you know, good development is and how important Monero's community is in building that. 
So it'll be really short dev sections today. <laughs> okay. Awesome. We'll take it. But yeah. Um, basically, Ledger Wallet, the same person who makes the hardware wallet, pretty much found a major exploit in Binance's trust wallet. And it's really bad. And it, if anyone uses wallet, I think since they made this update, you should move your funds from it. But once again, it doesn't hold Monero, I believe. So you're good to go. I just want to give a cautionary tale of how important having good developers are so you can thank our local or thank our Monero developers. Um, basically, the issue was in how the wallets generated this and the way that the trust wallet got its entropy was really wrong. I it, it ended up pulling entropy that only gave it 32 bits. And if you're familiar with entropy, that's really bad. Most um, standards wallets are going to have at least 128. So this was not literally bad, but just like exponentially terrible. You could fit all the wallets in like a text file. Really bad things. And then this was because of basically a library that they used. They misused it. It was actually the wrong library. So the library only gave them 32 bits of security, which is really bad. And I can, I can link to the write-up in the show notes after. But basically, it's very important to have a lot of eyes on your code. Being open source is is required, but it's not enough. And it's really good that Monero, the team at Monero has a lot of developers who are looking at the code. The community is really big. A lot of people are, are looking at the code, so you're not going to get major bugs like this that are just obviously bad. So and le- thankfully, Ledger found the bug. But an interesting thing is that at the end of this write-up, they say that there are, when they were doing their research, they found other addresses that weren't created with the trust wallet that also had the bug. So I remember last week, Body talked about these exploits that people are experiencing and people don't yeah. know where they're coming from. This could be related to that. So just mm-hmm. keep your keep your heads up if you're in the space. Use a well-trusted wallet, right? Something like, you know, open source isn't enough. You have to have a good community behind it. And all of these wallets, Monero, GUI, Cake Wallet are really legitimate and they have a lot of devs looking at the software and they're open. So being open source isn't enough, but it's definitely required. I just want to give a big shout out to all the Monero devs. This this should put you in like, make you appreciate all the work the Monero devs are doing because we haven't had an exploit like this (laughs) because um, the devs are very talented and they do a very good job at maintaining the different wallets and things like that. But yeah, I want to keep it short and that's pretty much it for me. Oh, wow. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to just keep it short. Yeah, I didn't want to take up too much time. I'm really yeah, excited to hear the appreciation and Arctic Monero. The Monero. The Monero. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's that's scary stuff, right? The, yeah. But the larger story of, of OG's wallets just getting drained, um, that's wild, right? And we still don't know where it's coming from. They they No one's told me, I, I haven't saw on Twitter where the hack's coming from. So, yeah, wallet security is very important. Maybe the whole elliptic curve is, you know, somebody somebody figured something out, but they but they wouldn't want to maybe, drain. Maybe they, strategically, they wouldn't want to drain Satoshi's wallet because then Bitcoin just goes to zero. You'd want to slowly slowly go after wallets, right? You don't you don't want to crash. Yeah, the, the entire project. Everybody will lose lose hope in it. You would just steal crypto from here and there. You you know, even if you, you figured out how to how to steal Satoshi's coins, you'd have to be an idiot mm-hmm. to, to run and do that before. Pro yeah. wild, wild stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also want to say thank you to y'all. Yeah, y'all, y'all do a lot of work. I'm very excited for Neurotopia. I know. We're I'm excited, excited to fly you. down. Yeah. So excited. <laughs> so excited. I know. Yeah. 
It's, it's yeah. fun. Like, I'm looking forward to meeting, you know, because we have a lot of internet friends. And, and if we don't give you proper <laughs> attention there, it's because we're busy. So let, let us just give you our proper attention now, man. Uh, thank you <laughs> oh, so much. Thank you. You're the best. <laughs> you know, a great yeah, addition. You came out of nowhere. You've been contributing uh, a ton to the show. <laughs> And you know, and then just what you're doing outside of it. Kudos to you for yeah, being thank you so much. on the door, man, and making progress. It's seen. We appreciate it's seen. it. Thank we you appreciate so much. it. We heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. So we'll see you next week. Then. All right. We'll buddy. see you then. Cheers. Have a see great you next week. All right. Yep. Bye bye. Later. To our special guest. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange of Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Hello, hello, Daniel. Daniel, what's up, man? Oh, well, you're muted. Oh, you're muted. You're muted. It mutes you. That's done. Okay, hello. How are you? What's going on? Thank you for thanks, thanks. Nice to meet you for the first time here. I'm, yeah. So I am now at Rio de Janeiro uh, preparing for Web Summit uh, activities, which start on next uh, first. May, uh, and we are going to be here we're giving some speech. We have a little bit of space, and we're going to spend the days. And then I'm very happy to finish this event and travel to Mexico to go to my third Monero Top event. It's really exciting for me. Awesome. Yeah, we're very excited to have you guys represented at Monero Topia. And so you're going to be running the workshop, right? The, the NIM workshop, teaching mm-hmm. people how to essentially use the internet anonymously. Yeah, I'm. Very happy about that because we are going to teach people not just how to use the internet anonymously, but also how to uh, participate in that process. Yeah, how to be part of the community, which allows the people to get more privacy on the internet, uh, being part of the mixnet network of NIM, which is I don't know if you we have time enough to talk about this or we yeah, a little bit, time. a little bit. Yeah, let's let's talk definitely. <laughs> we've we've had. Yeah. Um, We've we've had Nim on the show in the past, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. Go ahead. Well, so it's just yes, basically it's uh, we are uh, creating a uh, techno political project to allow people to have more privacy on the internet. You know, like the internet is broken and there is a problem with the metal data leaks, which uh, forbids the anonymity for the majority of the people. It's almost impossible to have real privacy on the internet. So we are trying to solve that using a mixnet, which is a kind of um, network of hundreds of computers that mix the packet and add some uh, crypto layers, uh, and they we change the the size of the packet. We alter the the timing of the packets. Then we mix them, and then we throw to the people. So it's very difficult to analyze that and to find which is talking with who. You cannot do that with patterns. And so uh, people could be part of this mixnet, and so. Um, uh, take uh, some rewards by actually using a uh, VPS server and connecting them to the mixnet and helping uh, all the network to mix packets and we have like something it's called like proof of mixing then as much packets as you mix as much rewards you can want so we create like a ecosystem that economically supports all the mixnet uh, nodes uh, and we distribute um, the security into this community. So it's very exciting. Also, we are working on creating our first zero-knowledge uh, validators. Still are not ready, but they will be very, very, very soon ready. Um, 
And I think we are talking also in, in this workshop, we are going to teach the people how to use the MixNet, how to participate in the MixNet, and also how they can now uh, be part of the delegators program, which we are running from one day ago. It's a program to um, help new mix nodes to get staking, you know, because you, you cannot start mixing packets until a lot of people stake in your nodes some tokens. So you get trust from the network and then you can start mixing. But it's very difficult to start um, uh, uh, receiving staking. So we are going to launch, we, we launched yesterday a program to help the new mixed nodes that are in underrepresented zones, for example, Mexico, which we only have, uh, I think, like three to five uh, mixed nodes. I, I have not enough right now, but it's like normal, no, not more than five. Uh, so the people that start to set up a mixed node in this country or in Costa Rica or in Ecuador or in Colombia, Brazil, mainly Africa and Latin America, uh, uh, we are going to have some meetings with them. We are going to read the proposals and then we are going to make like a delegators uh, program with an interest and also um, say to the community people that uh, you must uh, stake in these nodes because they have good quality uh, and they uh, need help to start to grow. Also because I love that uh, there is more uh, social projects in Latin America that usually there are in other uh, regions, like I came from Europe, for example. But, uh, for example, the mixed notes that I'm starting to read, uh, they have a lot of you uh, social proposals to use uh, some part of the money that they can get uh, mixing packets to social local projects, uh, like helping uh, girls to enter to blockchain development uh, or other uh, grassroots uh, social programs community have here yeah you should uh you know i know we spoke about this offline but anything you could do to help get the word continue to get the word out to you know the latin american community the the privacy tech open source FOSS community that Monerotopia is taking place in mexico city please, please do you know and we had that local ticket for i think we were asking for like 20 like 500 pesos and then there's a bunch of discount codes people could basically you know, for, for less than 20 bucks, spend three days there. So yeah, please, uh, if there's any like forums and stuff of, of locals that you think might find interest in this, maybe maybe not even, you know, they're into Monero, but they're into, you know, uh, free and open source software, like the, the, that crowd, uh, please get the word out. Because um, I, th I think this this is good. We're, we're, we're bringing communities together here with Monerotopia. Are you... Yeah. I just how did you get into how did you get in, into NIM and are you involved in crypto as well outside of NIM? Well, um, I came from the open source and hacktivist movement. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have been like uh, almost 30 years there, uh, mainly in Spain, but uh, last almost 20 years here in Latin America. So I know a lot of people from the open source and free software community in Mexico and Venezuela and Colombia, Chile. So, uh, the people of that communities, it's uh, still not convinced about the crypto war uh, because, um, you know, like, uh, are very social people that are connected to very social local fights for changing uh, some local problems about corruption, about uh, 
lack of um, support for uh, new technologies in their uh, spaces. So I, I, I didn't came from the crypto movement, but more from the cypher movement, connected to the cypherpunk wow, uh, history of the battle. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to analyze how we can use these technologies uh, for the social and, and the common good. Um, like we need to create a new uh, spaces uh, where we can think about how to improve uh, these technologies uh, so we can make uh, them be useful for uh, people who really need some support there. Like, you know, for example, if we can see how to connect the crypto world to the uh, universal uh, basic income, would be a fantastic uh, movement there. Oh, I don't know. Um, it's a little on scary, scary grounds there. I don't know. We're not going to use WorldCoin for that, are we? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, not this, but we need we need to start to think about this. You know, like we, okay. I, I have not the solution, but I have the discussion, uh, and and we have the needs of the people of uh, some uh, another kind of use for the crypto systems, mm. which is more accessible for a lot of people because. Uh, currently in, in Latin America, the percent of the people who, who choose crypto is very low still due to a lot of factors. It's not only a problem about speculation or whatever. It's just uh, there is regions that have very uh, not well uh, internet connections uh, or people have no um, laptops or um, enough material to access and to have this knowledge. So there is a lot of uh, steps that we need to do to increase the use um, in the region of these technologies, but also you must think that uh, here the people think in a very different way than the regions. This is not Asia, this is not Europe, this is not the United States, mm -hmm. this is Latin America. The people here is very connected to the ground and to social activities. And uh, if we don't find spaces to think about this with these guys, probably we are going to be very late and we are going to be very slow. So Monertopia, I think it, it's a nice place to start thinking about this. So I, I would try to invite a lot of people and try to yeah, get the yeah. information. So we can have this discussion there. Of course, they are like uh, afraid of these technologies by the moment because all they hear about this is about um, financial uh, speculation and things like that. And they don't need, they didn't, they didn't still know about DAOs. They didn't know still about uh, solar punk, lunar punk. And the possibility of organizing between borders and between countries and between regions and make some activities together, they still don't know this. So it's uh, some uh, time ahead that we are going to go step by step uh, uh, creating these spaces to have these discussions and making them in, uh, give some little steps inside and start to think how this technology could really help to change uh, some local problems we have here. What? Uh, what is your talk going to be on at Mineratopia? Well, I, I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to present NIM as a project, like, okay. uh, yeah, a, a solution. I'm not sure still if, uh, I, you, you know, that Alexis Russell is going to come with me. Okay. So I need to talk with Alexis because probably if he would like to give the speech, it would be fantastic because he's one of the founders of the project and he knows very well. Okay. Um, and I can focus on the workshop on how to use this, this network. I'm actually the head of growth for Latin America at NIM. Um, yes, yeah, so maybe, I, 
maybe yeah. sorry to interrupt but yeah the workshop is going to be amazing and you could you could do it in you know you could talk in english and obviously and you could talk in spanish hopefully we'll have uh, some you know spanish uh, attendees that will that will come like noobs that will come and want to learn about these things that's our hope right um so that that's very cool i hope, I hope to talk just in spanish oh great uh, great yeah, yeah. we'll have we'll have andreas from uh, maneruju who's going to be talking in spanish as well he's going to give his talk in spanish he's going to do a manero 101 in spanish nice. um, but yeah, I'm tempted to say like maybe you guys should both, but I don't think we'd have room for you guys both to talk. But maybe, uh, yeah, if your other partner does the talk on NIM, maybe you can then at least say, you know, say some words in Spanish too for like five, five, ten minutes after just to kind of re, re-explain things to, you know, to the, to the local attendees as well. Yes, I think it's very important to talk about these technologies in the local language. You know, like uh, people understand it uh, much better. And, and they appreciate it a lot, not only here. For example, we are now in Brazil. I speak a little Portuguese, so I try to not speak English. I try Portuñol, that is like a mix between Portuguese and Espanol. And they appreciate it a lot. You know, when you start trying to tell uh, to talk their language, they are very happy and they tell yeah. you that I prefer this than English. So I, I will be not only giving my workshop in Spanish, and if uh, Alexis gives the new presentation, I will speak uh, previously five minutes in Spanish. Yeah. But also, I can help you to translate uh, in other workshops or yes. whatever. I, yes. I'm very happy to help you. Yes, we're excited for that. We'll have a couple of Spanish speakers. Awesome, man, which is, which is essential, essential to, to have. Um, Thank you so much, man. I think we're going we're gonna to jump and do the news real quick. Yeah, and it's only we'll... like 10 minutes long. It's pre-recorded. Okay. So can, can, you, can you stick around for a little bit? And then we're yes. going to bring up uh, Arctic Mine. Arctic Mine and, then... and then we can continue the, the convo with Arctic for Mine. For sure, I will be here. Awesome. All right, awesome. Cheers. So we're just going to quickly do the Thank news. You. Thank just you. Thank you, yeah, yeah. Please stick stay, around. Yeah, yeah, stick around. Yeah. The Monerotopia Weekly News segment is sponsored by IVPN. Use a VPN to help prevent your online activity from becoming a permanent record. IVPN encrypts your data and DNS requests so your ISP or mobile network provider cannot monitor or log your online activity. Purchase an IVPN service today anonymously with Monero. Or good night, whatever. There you go. Right now, it's time for uh, uh, the new section. But before we begin, because we have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about, uh, make sure that you buy your tickets if you haven't for Monero Topia 2023, which is going to be next week in Mexico City. You use code Tony and you're going to get a discount. Um, now, let's get into the new section. So, um, this is a pie chart uh, based on the first week of enabling XMR purchases via Payfura. And this is the percentage of XMR purchased. Um, by country. So number one is Sweden, number two is UK, and they account for half of the transactions, uh, so uh, over half, 56.8%. Then there's China, number three, Denmark, France, Ireland, Austria, Australia, Slovakia, and um, Brazil. So very interesting that Sweden and uh, the UK account for uh, 56.8% of the the transactions. Then CakeWallet had an update, Monero.com had an update, you have um, a way to easily restore wallets from QR code, which is very nice. A new on-ramper uh, buy widget, a type type of fiat amount in the receive screen, uh, Bitcoin lighting invoices in exchange, uh, substantially better reliability for seeing incoming unconfirmed Bitcoin account transactions. So a lot of stuff. So make sure that you update 
uh, your cake wallet, your Monero.com wallet, and um, use it. I, up I updated mine, so it's all it's all ready to go. Um, now I want to mention, or I want to show you guys the video of a farmer in in France and uh, selling his beautiful vegetables and nutritious vegetables uh, for Monero. Scan his cake wallet, boom, paid peer to peer vegetables done. He left. That's it. If you can do that, if you can purchase your you know groceries or whatever you want to buy peer to peer, I would wish it would be nice and ideal. Um, and I try. And one time I was able to buy coconut water with Dog and Sanita in Miami, which is really very nice. Peer to peer, those before the gift cards. But now you have gift cards, so you can uh, purchase a gift card um, via the app, and you can you can purchase whatever you want. You can go to Adidas, you can buy groceries, you can buy prepaid Visa, you can do a lot of stuff. Uh, Nike, whatever. It's really nice. Um, then let's discuss, um, let's get into uh, surveillance now. Uh, so basically the U.S. wants to pass a bill in which your um, social media apps, you know, whatever you use to message your your friends and family, um, that's going to be tied to the Drug, and drug Enforcement Administration. And this is in the name of catching um, illegal drug sales, right? A lot of people, they you know, joke about using drugs. Uh, maybe they talk about past drug usage. I don't think there's a lot of people that, from all the people that talk on these apps that actually are selling the drugs. Uh, with that being said, uh, them being a minority with what I think, um, they're using this as an excuse um, to crack down on your privacy and to basically just spy on, on what you're reading because they're not going to just stop at, oh, cocaine, okay, let's go on that conversation. Oh, that's interesting. Why they're saying that, you know? I mean, it's just, it's not ideal and they're using this, this, this excuse. Um, so they want to surveil your um, communications with other people. Then they want to surveil your finances. So a US regulator says that crypto must end anonymity for illicit finance. First of all, there's only one that is truly anonymous, which is Monero. The other ones are not really anonymous, especially because everybody buys them on Coinbase. So they're directly tied. They're pseudo-anonymous, like Bitcoin, Dogecoin, whatever, but they're tied to your identity, social security number, passport, all this stuff. So, you know, uh, it's really just... Monero, because they can crack all the other all the other ones down, chain analysis and all these companies, elliptic, you know, they can, you know, track you down. Um, and they're doing very well at it. So yeah, but essentially, you know, they will want they don't want you to have privacy. Um now the EU and the US are working on regulations on crypto, of course, to make it safe. Again, for illicit activities, blah blah, which of course I don't want any illicit activities to to happen in the world, you know, all the bad stuff, trafficking and all the stuff, it's horrible. Of course, nobody wants it, but they're using that as, as an excuse to just surveil your whole life, your messaging, your finances, and then what's next? Your house, they're going to put, you know, 1984, in which you're going to have cameras in your house so that they can see if you're doing anything illegal in your own house, like growing weed or whatever, right? Um, I hope it's not going to come at that point because that would be crazy, but people are still going to comply, probably. They're going to say, oh, yeah, you know, it's... It's uh, to catch bad guys, right? But in the same time, you have handcuffs all the time. Uh, the, U the EU is doing actually pretty good when it comes to regulation compared to the US. They've been working on Mika since 2020, so it's been a couple of years. Um, so they're working very hard towards it. But there's one Article 68 that raises concern concerns. What is Article 68? Article 68 essentially addresses the rules for operating a trading platform for crypto assets, right? Um, essentially the trading platform shouldn't allow holders of the assets to have built-in anonymization um which is horrible about for businesses and individuals because as a business you want to have your practices 
private. You don't want anybody to see how much you pay your employees, uh, what you do with your money as a business. That shouldn't be a thing. And also as an individual, nobody should really see what you do unless you tell them to, right? Um, yeah, so this article is talking about, this article from Forbes is talking about privacy. You know, it's a concern um, that Mika is not going to really address. And they're going to make it so that people are going to think, okay, well, I'm just might as well use digital the digital euro unless i guess you know you know you want to escape inflation then then you'll turn to crypto or some cryptos but other than that it's just going to be like a digital surveillance system and crypto is not really a revolution revolution anymore unless um you know something like monero which is not on a lot of trading platforms and i wonder if it's going to be the platform on kraken eventually I mean, in kraken uk you can't buy it anymore but um, yeah, let's talk about Bitcoin privacy war. I'm not going to get into details on this because obviously it's a very long discussion and um, yeah, we'll be talking about it for a long, long time, but I'm just going to summarize. Basically, there's two wallets, Samurai and Wasabi wallet, right? And they have different practices, but they both have their problems. Uh, Wasabi, um, they decided to blacklist transactions. So what what level of privacy do you really have? Not, not full privacy. And Samurai, they have you know their issues as well, such as uh, not enabling um, the Tor tool by default. So you need to flip the switch. If the user doesn't know about that, you can expose your IP address with um, Samurai Wallet. So they both have their issues. They've both been going at each other. They both implement new things. People don't like it. Take it back, you know, whatever. Uh, very, very long discussion. If you want to read this article or any other articles that we have discussed today, you can go in the description and um, see it for, for yourself. But yeah, it's a very long discussion, but it's very interesting. And I wonder how Bitcoin... Bitcoin's privacy is going to evolve over time and where it's going to be and what level of privacy are you going to get? Uh, but Bit Monero is standing as a standard for ultimate privacy protecting absolutely everybody, every single person. Uh, let's talk about uh, Hamas. Hamas is basically, uh, I guess, it's a, it's a Palestinian militant group. I'm not sure if it's... Uh, okay, it's listed as a terrorist organization by the US and UK. Okay, so terrorist organization according to their standards. Um, but they are not accepting Bitcoin donations anymore. They used to because they want to protect the donors. And we've seen what happened to Canada. They, they, they identified the people that donated and went after them. So uh, they care about the people, they care about the donors, and they're not accepting Bitcoin transactions anymore. Um, in 2021, Israeli officials seized 84 digital wallets suspected of belonging to Hamas. Um, you know, and they had Bitcoin Doge basically not Monero. <laughs> Um, but if they do learn about Monero, they can use Monero and accept Monero donations and nobody would even know. So that's a beautiful part. Last thing though, that I want to discuss is European bankers on digital euro. The ECB has no interest in users' personal data, which is a lie because they do have interest in users' personal data. You can go back to earlier episodes where we talked a little bit about uh, their vision of privacy in the ECB. And they basically said, eh, we'll have privacy, but uh, not really. <laughs> I mean... We'll still be able to see everything that, that you do. Um, but the private banks raise questions to this new system. So you have the banks versus the government. Uh, so this is, what, this is what the article uh, talks about. The central bank digital money could threaten the traditional bank's business model by competing with their collection activity and disrupting their uh, financial capacity. Uh, they should therefore not consider the provision of digital euro services as a sort of obligation, but should explore the economic potential by developing competing and competing for creative solutions. Basically, banks don't like it. They say they should use it as a, they should limit it as a payment, but not really as a store of value. Um, yeah, so very interesting. 
how the banks and the governments are going head to head. Um, we had an article about Russia and their uh, banks versus um, uh, the government going head to head, essentially not really agreeing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting development. And they do have an interesting, they, so the ECB does have an interest in your uh, personal data uh, and you're not going to have much uh, much privacy. You can read the legislation and everything for um, for yourself that Christian Lagarde put up and we've discussed in earlier episodes. So yeah, uh, this was a new section, but before we end it, let's actually go to monerocopia.com guys. Uh, this is the last time we're going to do it, which is crazy. Uh, it's been a year. It's been a year since last year's conference, but it's going to be on, my phone is not here, um, May 5th, May 5th through May 7th, and it hasn't been loading. I know we've been getting DDoS attacks um, for the past three days. It's uh, crazy. People don't want us to succeed, but we are going to succeed. Um, I, okay, it's working. Good. Okay, now it's working, kind of, sort of. Um, the images are not loading, but that's okay. So you add to card, you view the card, guys. This is the last thing that I'll mention. And you put Tony, then you apply the coupon, and you still get 21% off, $78. It's next week. Make sure you buy it. Make sure you go. We have a lot, a lot of people. Um, but yeah, this was uh, the new section, everybody. Thank you for, for joining us, and we'll see you, I think, next week. But I mean, next week is going to be crazy. So we'll see. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. He recorded it last night. We he recorded it last night, which is when we got the website again, again last night. night. So that that is proof. Wow, yeah, uh, something happened with the. Anywho's, well, it's all we, well, up and no, running. No, that was our because we tried to make the website more efficient, anticipating we might get hit with more visitors, and ah. effectively we had messed it up. It's okay. But it was, it's all, all it was only a few now. hours, and now it's all fixed. All right, let's move on to the viewers bring on stage segment. Can bring uh let's do it. The gang up. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. <laughs> All right. My cheesy segment. All right. Hi. How's it going, man? Hi. How are you? We're looking forward to seeing you next week. I definitely am looking forward to Moratopia. Um, awesome. I'm actually going to be a bit early in Mexico City. I'm going to be flying in the evening of the 2nd. Beautiful. Um, so I'll have a couple of days. And by the way, if you need any help uh, or before the show, feel free to contact me. Oh, thank awesome. You thank you. So so that's there. I'm taking a couple of break, days off, just a little chill a bit, and then get ready for the conference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Have it's you beautiful. ever been to Mexico City? Yes, once in my life. <clears throat> I was 11 years old in 1968. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's it's been a while. Different world. It's, been, it's a been a while since I've been there. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, but I do remember something about Mexico City. <laughs> you have memories, so that's good. That's wow. Good. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure a lot has changed since then. Yes. Uh, I remember it. Uh, I think some things haven't changed. Um, the altitude is quite interesting. It's quite high up on the mountain. The pollution yeah. is a lot better than this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've really cleaned it up. Yeah, and the, really nice, the, the Roma district where the conference is, is just, it's just really nice. It's like a really nice area. It's like so clean, right? Yeah. We're impressed by yeah. like, like we're from, like we're from New York. I mean, the, New York is, is dirtier than the Mexico City. <laughs> I mean, the, the Roma district of Mexico City is, is beautiful. They, they really do a good job. Some cities take a pride in cleaning up, and uh, Madrid is another. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
we'll see. But that's uh, that's really that makes it really nice. It does do a lot actually, and it's actually good also from a grant perspective. If you create that cleaner environment, it does a lot for that too. Of course, of course. Um, we should mention too, you're going to MoneroCon too, obviously, right? Yes, I am. Okay, and uh, I'm going to be speaking there also. Um, and a kind of the talk that I'm presenting at Monerotopia does is some of the basis of some of what I'm going to be presenting at Monerocon. Very cool. Okay. So it's kind of planned that way. Yeah. 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 We, so, we will be at MoneroCon as well. Very excited for that. Um, they teamed up. They reached out to us. They added our virtual conference ticket to the sales as like a bundle. Their, like as, a, yeah. as a bundle, if you want to add it. So that was that was that was very nice. Uh, we appreciate that. That was awesome. But yeah, we're we're excited for MoneroCon. Um, Daniel is. I think Nim is participating in MoneroCon too, right? Yeah, yeah. There will be Nim people there. Uh, we send a nice team. I don't remember right now. It is um, is in charge of that part. But they, they are going to be like two people there. So Beautiful. it's nice. It's going to be back to back. Monero a tenth fun. month of, of <laughs> two months of Monero, right? It's like you know, it yeah. all happens at once. Well, Nim loves Monero, so that's <laughs> good. Mm. To back Monero fun. Yeah. Um, Arctic, any anything you want to bring up in terms of you know what's what's going on and what, what's up well, well, these days? Well, yeah, I, I there's a couple of things that really strike me, and and one of them is that I think we're under threat in a big way under attack, and I agree with uh, um, a lot of the speakers on that. Uh, primarily, but it's not necessarily from the state. It is primarily from a private sector, and specifically, say, the blockchain surveillance company. Um, I really take issue with the idea that companies like Chanalysis can reliably trace Bitcoin. In fact, I don't think they can. Um, and there is a very, very high error rate, which they hide. There is a lot of evidence out there that asks a lot of questions. Um, just because you don't have privacy, you do not have reliable. And this makes it very, very dangerous, in my opinion, to use Bitcoin because it's actually quite straightforward to frame people uh, with with the, with this uh, blockchain surveillance chain analysis that's going on. Um, when we mention, for example, the, the example of Section 28 in, in the European regulations, we wrote to that back in the Monero Policy Group in uh uh, 2021 in the fall, and they and raised a lot of the concerns, and they basically ignored it, and they ignored it in my view because they listened to the lobbying of the blockchain surveillance company, uh, who have done a really good job of convincing regulators that they can insulate uh, people from criminal activity, when in fact they cannot. And I, I kind of really agree with our body on anarchist on this, on this point that we have to take the fight not at Monero, but further down the street. And we have to take the fight when it comes to blockchain surveillance to the reliability of blockchain surveillance of coins such as Bitcoin. I think Ethereum, the idea that you can do it on Ethereum is even less viable because of the sheer mass of that blockchain. Uh, Blockchain surveillance scales as a factorial. I I know I study scaling uh, because essentially what you're doing is you're choosing K objects out of N objects. K outputs out of N objects, that's basically the binomial coefficient, where K are the tainted and then it's a total number of outputs. You've got something like Ethereum, and realistically, blockchain surveillance is even less reliable in that chain. And in many ways, I see these companies eventually going to get pinned down, bogged down in their own failure on, on uh, chains such as uh, Bitcoin, and especially Ethereum. And Monero can go around and at the end deliver the coup de grass. But the fight. It's, a, it's also important because there's a really strong risk 
of being falsely accused. Uh, and it's very easy for a criminal or terrorist organization to implicate the innocent with blockchain surveillance. Uh, and we even demonstrated in one of our submissions to the EU how that how easy, trivial, easy it is to do that. All you do actually is you transfer uh, private Bitcoin keys off chain, or you steal them, and then you pretend you're somebody else, and then it, and then you divert the taint to a different, perfectly innocent individual who happened to spend Bitcoin at a merchant, for example, and the merchant gets compromised. So that's kind of what we're dealing with here. Unfortunately. I think we ha- this is going to be a, a big fight. This is not going to be an easy fight. Um, a good example of what's coming on the table is, of course, the case that uh, the Bitcoin fraud case, and I think it was mentioned at one point in the past. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be speaking at uh, Monerotopia. Yes, they are. But that's a very critical case because it goes to the very fundamental issue of the reliability of blockchain surveillance on Bitcoin and the false accusation. You look at the issue of false accusations, and, and this is it's a fight across every culture, every legal system. For example, uh, we had a case in Dubai where they were talking about restrictions on privacy, again, because of blockchain surveillance. And there, and I'll give you an example, a totally different legal system. Their legal system is based on Sharia law. But Sharia law has some fairly strict punishments for making false accusations, um, which is essentially what these companies are doing. Yet they still managed to lobby the authorities to restrict, and not completely ban, but restrict the use of Monero in uh, Dubai, which is part of the United Arab Emirates. So we have a very different legal systems. We have essentially the same problem. So anyway, that's kind of my thought uh, on this. I uh, um, There's a couple of other comments. Uh, I, I feel that uh, we as a cryptocurrency have to deliver the goods. And one of the reasons why we not getting the support in many communities is because we're simply not delivering it. Uh, Bitcoin has failed completely at doing this. You can't expect to have uh, large-scale adoption in rural parts of uh, South America, for example, if you cannot deliver the transactions on chain. Uh, and that basic failure of Bitcoin, I think, lies at the heart of some of the responses. And Monero can do it. Uh, it's going to take some time because of technology, but we have to be prepared to support large transaction flows on chain. Anyway, that's kind of my thoughts. Beautiful, beautiful. Lo- lo- love hearing from you. I know you've been voicing a lot of these things for a long time. I just think it takes a long time for people to fully grasp. You're, you're, you're way ahead in, in kind of thinking of, you know, where things are headed uh, and how the ecosystem is going to play out in terms of chain analysis. And, you know, obviously the, the larger crypto system and Monero in particular. Uh, I'm thinking, you know... I. I know you're going to give a, you're obviously going to give a talk down at Monerotopia. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have you on. We're going to have a kind of future Monero tech panel. Just want to have a bunch of devs there kind of just talking about the future of Monero, where we see things headed. But then uh, we're thinking of maybe also having a panel on, on this topic of chain analysis. And maybe we can get you on there with the Bitcoin fog guys and we can have a nice little conversation. Might be able to add one or two other people that would make sense for that. Absolutely. I'm available for, any, for any, anything like that. So just let me know. Uh, I am totally available on that time over there uh, for whatever is appropriate. Beautiful. Uh, Nim, Nim and Dan, any, any comments on that from, from your from uh, you know how, how you how you view things, I don't know if you've obviously you're you're in the NIM in NIM world, but I don't know if you've been following you know chain analysis closely. And curious how you see those things shaking out. We obviously talk about this all the time on 
Monerotopia, right? So Monero uh, is built to to essentially be untraceable. But just curious how you see that ecosystem playing out of the state using uh, being in bed with basically with chain analysis companies in an effort to track and trace people's transactions and where that's all headed. Yeah, well, I, I think it's it would be nice if uh, Alexis could talk about this. He has more deep knowledge on this question. But uh, what, this is a personal point of view is that, uh, well, it's not a personal point of view. I think NIM is more oriented to Lunar Punk. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we are on that way and we are supporting that kind of uh, uh, line of work. So I, we, we agree that the, the blockchain surveillance is a problem for a lot of things and for the privacy of a lot of people. And we work on that. Basically, we are doing a network to allow people to, to be on that side. You know, like, I think it's important. Mainly also if, and this yes is personal, if you look for a geopolitical point of view, world is controlled or uh, the status quo is maintained by two pillars that are the military one and the financial one. So the financial one is also based on control of the information of the financial assets and movements in the, in the world world, in the pyramids of the power of the money in the local banks, central banks, intermediary banks, and finally New York, uh, control of the financial system. So uh, I fully agree on going out on dark fight. Uh, uh, this is going to be a very hard fight, and it's going to have a lot of people hard in the middle. Uh, so let's talk about this on, on the Monerotopia meeting. That it will be fantastic to talk about this. I think Alexis have. Uh, incredible uh, perspective of this point also to share with you that. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. L- looking forward to talking to, to Alex in person. Um, guys, I think we are going to close it out here today just because we got a lot on our plate and we have uh, non-Monero family things we need to balance <laughs> in, in, in addition to buttoning things up in these final moments. It's just, it's just nonstop. Uh, is there anything you gentlemen want to bring up before we close it out here today? Anything you want you want to put out to the Monero community? Well, there is another thing I was going to mention. Um, when we talk about uh, surveillance and privacy, um, I'm a really strong believer that we need to be looking right at our own homes, our own devices, as opposed to necessarily the network. Uh, I, it's interesting. I, I had this question when I gave a talk in uh, I was at a panel in Kiev in, in 2017, actually. And the question that was asked to me is, um, how do we prevent surveillance? How does the network prevent uh, surveillance, the Monero network, against, quote, and this is the quote, uh, the Ukrainian KGB, unquote. And my response is focus on your device. The surveillance is a lot easier to surveil a device. We are allowing microphones into our homes. It's called uh, smart speakers. We are allowing cameras into our homes. Yes, we are. Uh, because we have a laptop with a camera that's controlled by proprietary software and DRM, and we have no knowledge of what it's doing. Um, so we can do a lot with using proprietary applications, which can then be told by the government to surveil. It's a lot easier to go after an Apple or a Google or a Facebook than it is to go after decentralized open source software, for example, in a country in the United States. So we need to start to take a really hard look at the products and services that we voluntarily agree to buy and the surveillance they bring with us. 
focus on open source software, free library open source software, free software, say no to DRM, say no to protective content. Uh, and, you know, I mean, the cable company asked me, do you want a voice remote? And I said, under no circumstances would I want to have a speaker, uh, a microphone I don't control in my own home. And I told them bluntly, no, I don't want that technology. Uh, and that's the kind of decisions we have to make in the marketplace to deal with this type of surveillance. It's a, because we're not, it's not the government forcing people are voluntarily signing on to these smart speakers. They're, they're voluntarily signing on to surveillance. On the basis that we are realizing. And that's where we need to take the fight. So there is also, we can do a lot ourselves just by what we do. Totally agree. Um, Yeah, people, we always said, right? People are opting into dystopia, right? Uh, Whether it's social media, Facebook, or, you know, the putting these Amazon speakers in in your homes. It's it's all out of convenience. And it's really hard to fight that. And so there's really only two ways. One way is through education, letting people realize what it is, what the actual cost is, what they're actually giving up in return for that convenience, right? What they're actually losing. And the second is building tech that can compete with with what they're offering, but where the end result is they don't they don't lose their liberty, right? And that it becomes a no-brainer. Like, why use this? when I can use this. Uh, Monero, I think, being the perfect example, right? Like, why use Venmo, PayPal, uh, even the the current banking system, as convenient as it may be, if I can use something like Monero, and especially if it gets to the point where using it effectively becomes the easier thing to do. So I think that's the second place where we win that battle is through building technology that provides those services in a way where people don't sacrifice their liberties, but it's just as convenient. But but we have to think, of, like, for example, just paying cash rather than using a credit or a debit card for smart transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually attribute a lot of my financial success to saying no to Apple. Um, bluntly, saying no to Apple. Because a lot of people in the Monero community don't realize this, but from 2009 to 2014, Apple censored Bitcoin on iOS. So you had people like myself, and I'll be blunt about this, who are buying uh, Bitcoins for like $6, Canadian, alas, sticking them on their, their self-custody wallets on free library open source software. And I know the term and people like to say, and then waited until Apple gave the their users on iOS permission to buy Bitcoin. And by that time, Bitcoin might have been $1,000 or $500. Turn around, sell those Bitcoins at a hundredfold profit and buy Monero with the proceeds. And then stick the Monero on the same free software. Well, let's get real here. I mean, my, uh, you know, I, you make a financial choice. You make a choice to say bluntly no to Apple, and you become create a lot of wealth in the process just by saying no to the end user license agreement. Very That's good. my personal experience. Very good point. So, so I mean, yes, it's convenient. And I think we have to sort of ask the hard questions. You have to read these agreements. They're incredibly one-sided agreements, legal agreements, and it's a very liberating to think I don't agree. On the end user license. Very, very good points. Very good points. Uh, Daniel, anything you want to throw in there? No, no, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I think it's Arctic Mine is a mine of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you. I prefer to finish with his walks. Well, we're, we're very, <laughs> very excited to be hanging out with both of you guys in the, like, the next five days. Uh, super excited, and everybody else that's going to be down there. Um, thanks for jumping on today. Arctic, can't wait to hang out. Daniel, can't wait to hang out. Thank you. 
love the fact that you know just like even you two for example are going to be having having in-person chats right like a big part of the value of Monerotopia is just getting everybody together and letting minds merge minds I really, I really look forward to that awesome man. awesome okay all right you and uh, and, uh you, you know we're saying it to everybody arctic if, if we don't give you the, the proper attention there please know how much we, we greatly appreciate you man you guys are doing a phenomenal job i understand that so just want to say that to everybody you know you're um, attending yeah yes to Daniel. Yeah. thank you so much man we, we appreciate you helping out with the workshop and doing the talk and uh bringing these the spanish interpretation Greatly appreciate that. Which will be helpful. <laughs> All right, All right guys. guys. Thank you, guys. We are going to close it out this week. We're not going to jump into the spaces. Yeah. We are going to head out. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you next week in Mexico City. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Bye, bye. Thank Adios. you, guys. Thank bye. you, Arnick. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.